Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. It's the top of the week, which means it's time for our strange news segment. All the weird, sometimes still developing stories that we wanted to share with each other and most importantly, with you. Uh, quick update, if you all allow, we have a uh, we have a follow up on one story that we reported earlier regarding some arrest for sexual trafficking in our home state of Georgia. The information we worked with at the time was relatively limited as this was an unfolding event. Uh, Later reporting has verified that this was not a large human trafficking ring. And crucially, there were not 39 children 
found in a single trailer, as had been originally reported. There's an excellent article on Huffington Post that came out, uh, let's see, the yesterday as we record this, that clears the matter up. We suggest that for further reading. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I just wonder, Ben, was there a sense that the task force and that the governor sort of misrepresented this a little bit? That's sort of because it felt like we were operating largely under on the uh, PR angle that the, you know, that our state government was putting out and that a lot of those things that we reported were coming directly from this kind of yay us kind of attitude that they were espousing. Um, and I saw a, a Twitter user put out a tweet saying, or actually this article at HuffPo, where it said, the government just found 39 traffic children in a double-wide trailer. How is this not the biggest news story in America? And the HuffPo article corrected it to 39 missing children in two weeks across seven states. Uh, how is this not the biggest news story in America? Um, it's been a pretty big story. I was wondering, where, where was the disconnect? Because uh, uh, I, I still don't know if I fully get it. Right. The Huffington Post article you're mentioning is the one that I'm referring to. Uh, yes, the part of it is the access to information that occurs as events unfold. Uh, you know, this is something that's pretty common in the world of news. We just have to be open to more information and to addressing it when it occurs. Yeah, for sure. There was a ton of new information coming out about this. The The original press release was like, here's everything that you need to know, and this is why it's newsworthy. As of right now... We're taking care of these bad guys and getting the children to a safe place. That was like it, right? I mean, yeah, we did there, this great thing. Here's a bit of the info. And then the, the details started coming. And there may have been a bit of a game of telephone with some of the reporting as well, working off, again, that limited information. But thank you to everyone who wrote in about the article that posted and cleared things up on Monday, September 7th. Greatly appreciate your diligence and your time. So, as always, we have a, a cavalcade, a bevy, well, three news stories <laughs> that we think you will enjoy. Uh, we haven't talked about how we would like to uh, present these to each other and to you, but, I, you know, there's one that's been on my mind. I think it's on the mind of a lot of our fellow conspiracy realists today, and that's the state of the constitutionally created service known as the United States Postal Service. Noel, there was a story you found that is something I, I think a lot of our fellow listeners need to hear. Yeah. Um, so there was some surveillance footage taken from behind a spa in Glendale called the 7Q Salon. Um, and it shows a one of those budget rental trucks, kind of box trucks, backing up into the parking lot, sort of like a loading dock situation behind the building. Um, these are, you know, traditional commercial storefront type strip mall uh, building. And um, then you see in the footage, bag after bag of paper being thrown out of the back of this truck and into a pile uh, in these plastic bags. Uh, apparently the co-owner of the salon, um, uh, an individual by the name of, uh, Lilia Sarobian, um, went back and found these bags and took some cell phone video of them. And that was, uh, the week we're recording this, uh, being September the 8th. That was this past Thursday, um, and the Thursday before Labor Day weekend and, uh, took some cell phone footage of it and then realized that these bags were actually filled with hundreds of 
of unopened uh, letters and packages originating from the U.S. Postal Service. Or somebody sent them through the Postal Service to somewhere else and then they arrived in that truck somehow? Is that what we're saying? Well, I don't know exactly what we're saying. We're not quite sure. It's sort of developing, okay. but it could. There's a lot of things that could, could be, in, and I'm interested to hear you guys' take. But uh, the uh, owner of the salon was quoted as saying it was completely unusual. If they're taking uh, for their personal use, basically, why'd they have to drop off all the unopened packages somewhere? Um, and talked about it being suspicious. He started thinking, okay, something's going on because no one has access to all those boxes and packages. Uh, and, and there is a probe underway. Glendale police said that uh, before these you know, items were discovered, uh, they received a call about several bags of mail being tossed in an alley half a mile from the spot. And it wasn't particularly clear that it was the same truck, um, but it seems like it's highly likely that, that it might have been. This is from the uh, C- CBS News. Uh, there's one in the LA Times. There's a handful of, of uh, outlets reporting this local to, to the Los Angeles area, but um, the U.S. Postal Service was reached out for comment and ha- haven't responded yet. Um, so I don't know, fellas. Uh, it's, it's the kind of thing that's sort of red meat, you know, when we're dealing with a situation where there's a sense that the Postal Service is potentially being hobbled, um, that we've seen footage of, you know, trucks driving around picking up mailboxes, letterboxes off of the street, you know, and there was a big uh, cost-cutting um, initiative underway in the Postal Service that many folks believe to be tied to trying to cripple the mail system so that mail-in ballots and absentee ballots would take longer to count um, in the upcoming election where we know one party has been vehemently opposed to uh, those things, citing them as being fraudulent. And there's a sense that perhaps uh, folks on the uh, Democratic side of things would be more likely to vote in that way. And folks on the Republican side of things not not all, but but there seems to be more of a likelihood that they would go to the polls. Um, and then obviously the postmaster general did come out and say those cost cutting measures were going to be postponed until after the election. But this is kind of where the mind goes, at least my mind when I see stories like this. Obviously, it's an isolated event. It could have easily been somebody, a lone wolf figure going around and pulling things out of people's mailbox and stuffing a bag with them and then tossing them. Or is it something more coordinated? Yeah, there, there are a couple points here that I think are, are crucial. So we know the USPS has been in the news, not just domestically, but uh, in the world news, because of concerns that the service, it's not a business, it's a service, is being gutted with the long-term aim uh, being to privatize the entire endeavor, uh, meaning that instead of sending your mail through the USPS with the option to use a private carrier like FedEx or UPS, etc., one would be required to use private carriers, which are more expensive because there is no government alternative. For people who believe this is a move toward privatization, uh, it seems to be a long strategy, an example of what's often called starve the beast tactics which is, uh, long story short, the concept of Starve the Beast is the following, that you as a political influencer 
can degrade and cripple a public service such that it can no longer function and then use the fact that it no longer functions as a rallying cry to privatize the whole thing. It's very tricky. It's like create the problem that you claim to solve, which is tale as old as time in so many political circles. We have an example of this that's pretty controversial. Again, for the people who believe in this theory, uh, the 2006 Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act, or you'll love the acronym here, Noel, uh, the PAEA, PAEA, not quite PAEA. PAEA, yes, <laughs> uh, I love it. This, this required, 2006, 2007-ish, this required the U.S. Post Office to pre-fund all the medical uh, financial requirements for their retirees. That's something that uh, that's something that's not normal, by the way. Uh, so this put a tremendous financial burden on the USPS way, way back, more than ten years ago now. And the USPS continued, but now with all the concerns that you're rightly raising, both in every state in the nation here and around the globe, for people who are, you know, uh, proponents of things like democracy, the USPS. Is, uh, is being seen as the subject of concerted effort to close it down. And, and just like you said, a lot of people are pinning that specifically on the election, which is coming uh, pretty soon as we record today's episode. Does mail get lost? Sure. Uh, does mail get purposefully messed with? Yes, but it's a felony. So whomever mm-hmm. is dumping these bags of mail is... If the rules apply to them, uh, running the risk of uh, jail time and enormous fines. The reason I say if the rules apply to them is because DeJoy, who is the postmaster general, himself is in a lot of hot water now if the rules apply to him. So there's some weird stuff going on with these bags and this particular thing. Noel, uh, did you talk about the whole contractor situation yet? No. Okay. So the Western Regional Coordinator for the American Postal Workers, I guess that's the union, the American Postal Workers Union, uh, he was contacted by CNN, and he stated that no USPS employees were involved in this whole scenario. The budget truck, the person in it, and that mail. He's saying that this was a contractor of some sort that was... Uh, either delivering mail to a facility or taking it from the facility. He's specifically talking about the weird plastic bags, not weird, uh, the clear plastic bags that maybe you and I as end users of USPS mail don't ever get to see. They are for bulk mailing that occurs through um, maybe third parties and other places that mail a bunch of things. The way it was recovered, I guess, after being dumped This guy from the American Postal Workers Union, he is saying that that is definitely bulk mail. It was definitely going to a facility or leaving a facility. And the big thing here, because it's bulk, that's weird about it is that whoever this person was in that truck, they dumped it all there for absolutely zero reason. It can't get picked up from that location if it was, let's say, was incoming mail, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. To end up at the Postal Service to then get shipped somewhere else. It's not like... Somebody is going to come and pick it up from that parking lot. So it wasn't outgoing mail 
from a facility. Um, and the where it was dumped, there were clearly cameras focused directly on right. that location where the truck was. Well, and if you wanted to disappear a bunch of mail, I could think of a hell of a lot of better ways of doing it. There's things called incinerators. Just throw it on a fire. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. dumping it in this bulk shipment bag in full view of a camera behind a spa in Glendale. I mean, is is it like a look at me situation? Like, is it like a warning? Like, I, I, I'm confused about the intent here. So... With all those tensions, I was just going to put out there that maybe it is a uh, some kind of PR play by somebody. Ooh. Someone got paid to dump a bunch of mail that is supposed to go somewhere, but it never got to go somewhere, and it would make the Postal Service look bad. That's what it feels yeah, like I'd to me. I considered that, too. Yeah, because, you know, there's an interesting point we, we can't neglect here. The person that you're talking about, Matt, as you said, is a representative of the Postal Workers Union. Not the post office. The yes. post office has an official line for these things, which is we do not comment on ongoing investigations. And I believe uh, Lilia Serobian, the owner of mm-hmm. 7Q, mm-hmm. the person who had the camera footage, uh, also confirmed that this was unusual. Like this isn't the, <laughs> the bag dump by night that everyone's familiar with. Uh, the PR angle, I considered that too. It's fascinating. And and to that end, there's a really odd quote that they just kind of blast past in the CNN article and they don't say anything about it. Um, hang on. It says, we wanted to make sure it wasn't a bargaining employee. What is that like collective bargaining? Like this is like a like a union beef that they're trying to, you know, get some leverage with. Like what, what an odd uh, quote to just toss off like that. I, I don't have the knowledge of exactly what's going on behind closed doors with with bargaining that must be happening right now because you're talking about massive changes coming down from the top about what the USPS can do again, like for its employees, what it what services it offers, all these kinds of things. Then you've got the union on the other side who represents all these employees. And then I'm sure when a big change like that comes down, the union has to have a big hand in shaping what actually occurs. Sure. You know, uh, or or what the what the workers can get when it comes to all these changes, right? And I mean, I, I I'm assuming that there could be something like that, but I don't know what the bargaining chip would be by dumping a bunch of mail. Yeah, um, maybe it's a Boston add, Tea Party type maybe situation. To add maybe. Uh, some sort of public support for the mail being, uh, you know, attacked. Again, going back to that ongoing theory and conversation, as far as the nomenclature of unions, I know that a bargaining unit is the common term for a group of employees who are seeking some sort of modification to their employment agreement. Uh, But a bargaining, the reason I bring that up is the term bargaining employee may be union terminology. You know That's what I what mean? That's what it sounded like. Mm-hmm, That's, for sure. That, that would be my guess. Again, not being the head of the Postal Service Union. Sorry to bust that myth for everybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in charge of the Post Office Union. But what about the image of the protest vibe? Like, I, I'm not I'm only half joking when I say Boston Tea Party. You know, it's like somehow pushing back against the government making these cuts and saying, you know, if, if you're not going to pay us or you're going to, you know, reduce our ability to do our jobs correctly, we're just going to say F you and just throw the mail out into the streets, you know? 
maybe it was all mail for a representative or a uh, senator from. <laughs> but there's no way for us to know that. So how is that helpful? You know, yeah. Or maybe it's uh but if that's the case, it's an act of vigilantism because the union or the other power structures that would be perhaps sharing that long-term goal uh, obviously have left this operative in the cold. Perhaps there is some sort of black bag, black <laughs> mail carrier bag operation where, sure. where the, uh, somewhere at the post office is saying, you know, uh, this is your mission. Should you choose to accept it? <laughs> Neither rain, sleet, snow, or hail will stop you. Uh, however, if you are caught, we will disavow any knowledge of this operation in your existence. All right, now go dump all this stuff in the salon parking lot. In the salon, <laughs> in the, not, not even like in the Atlantic or you know or the Pacific, like in the this one particular salon parking lot. I, I, just really quick, and then I'm I'm done. Um, I could also see this as being a really like sinister twist ending to like a sci-fi story where like one party wins the election by a mile and then like the insider character in the story stumbles into this warehouse that's just full of bags and bags and bags of mail-in ballots that never made it to where they were going 100 percent. yeah uh just so everybody knows according to cnn and uh, his name is omar gonzalez uh, the guy we've been referring to who represents the union. He says the recovered mail appears to be viable and will go through a verification process and will be delivered, no doubt. Though possibly to, delayed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah re, it'll be re, rerouted. I love this idea of viable. I mean, that's the way you talk about a fetus, not like a bag of mail. It's interesting, interesting that you mention that because uh, the USPS logistical problems that are occurring now with all the machines being pulled and the... Uh, the refusal to give people overtime, et cetera, uh, that has resulted in dead livestock, dead chicks in particular, being shipped through rural areas. Oh, so God. there are not fetuses, but but there are lives at stake, even if they're, well, there are human lives at stake too, because people get insulin through the mail. That's right. That's right. <sighs> Weird stuff, you guys. Interesting to follow. I mean, if it's an isolated event, then big whoop, I guess, but... I don't know if we start seeing more and more random bags of mail popping up behind like Best Buys across the country. You know what I mean? Like that, that's something to take note of. I hope it stays with beauty parlors, though. I like the, the theme of it. Uh, it, <laughs> it adds some tang to the conspiracy, a little bit of umami. Ooh, mommy. Ugh, gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just want to give uh, from us a big shout out to all USPS UPS, FedEx, whatever kind of shipping yes. service you work for, all all you folks out there keeping the wheels going right now to get uh, stuff shipped one place to the other. Uh, big thanks. Oh, huge. Yes. It, I was trying to find where I found it, but I either heard somebody that works for the Postal Service talking about this or I read it somewhere and I couldn't find it. But anyone out there that, that does work for the Postal Service, let me know if this is true. I heard that a lot of times, like, like the postal service will actually take things farther into rural areas than Amazon or UPS yes. or FedEx will. And that that's mm -hmm. like a thing people forget about an important quality of the postal service is that it allows people that live in less quote connected parts of the country to get their mail and their packages. And they actually piggyback. They actually help these companies that are genuinely shutting them down. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's why, that's why I said earlier, you know, one of the rallying cries you'll hear is that it is not a, 
business. It's not supposed to be profit-driven. It's a service that is constitutionally guaranteed. Uh, so, so what that comes down to in terms of financial brass tax is that if you live in rural America, as do millions and millions of people, it is more, much more expensive to use a private carrier. And now if it does occur in cooperation with the U.S. Postal Service. So ending that thing, regardless of how you feel about government services in general, ending that uh, adds an enormous concrete year-over-year expense to the lives of other fellow U.S. residents. Sorry, let me get off my soapbox here real quick. I didn't mean to make that a TED talk, but, but no you're worries. right, Noel. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to burning down your soapbox and a bunch of other things, uh, millions of acres, with my story. <laughs> which is coming up next. <laughs> Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. 
Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we've returned. Matt, that was an excellent segue. And I think this story is uh, is one that many of our fellow listeners are somewhat familiar with. But this is this is wild, and it's a bit of an unfortunate origin story for one individual in particular. It's an extremely terrible origin story for the superhero who is budding, who will, you know, be fighting crime for us, I'm assuming, very, very soon. Uh, how many years does it take to become a superhero from birth? Like, is it teenagers or is it early 20s? I think it just depends. It often happens in adolescence, but really it's it's a, uh, I guess the rules of Joseph Campbell and story and hero with a thousand faces tells us that as soon as you are old enough to go into the figurative dark woods and return changed, uh, in the case of superheroes, return changed with amazing powers, then boom, yeah. you're in. Just make it back. That's amazing. The only problem is this character may end up being a supervillain and it's not his or her fault. I'm going to begin with a California Fire news release, which was sent out on 9-6-2020, just two days from the recording of this episode. California Fire law enforcement has determined the El Dorado Fire burning near Oak Glen in San Bernardino County was caused by a smoke-generating pyrotechnic device used during a gender reveal party. The fire began at 10.23 a.m. on September 5th, 2020 in the El Dorado Ranch Park in Yucaipa. Am I saying that right, Californians? Anyone? They'll you, tell you, us. They'll Yucaipa? Tell us. Let us know in the comments. The fire spread from the park to the north onto Yucaipa Ridge that separates Mountain Home Village and Forest Falls from the city of Yucaipa. California Fire reminds the public that with the dry conditions and critical fire weather, it doesn't take much to start a wildfire. Those responsible for starting fires due to negligence or illegal activity can be held financially and criminally responsible. Pretty obvious. Um, so the story here is that a very large fire began when a smoke causing or emitting a device was used at a gender reveal party, which is... Um, a gender reveal party, if you don't know what that is, that Ooh. is when um, a couple who is having a baby decides to reveal to friends and family, usually right now at least online through some kind of video or something to that effect. Um, they keep it all secret until that reveal party and then usually with a color. That's the way I've seen it most commonly. I don't know if you guys have seen anything different, but by using... A lot of times the color blue or pink, they will reveal the, um, I guess, the, I don't even know how to say it. The, the gender. <laughs> the biological gender, whatever you want to, it's, oh, it's, it's not, uh, 
It is a minefield. No, but, but the thing is called a gender reveal party, so we can stay within that nomenclature because I think the practice itself has sort of been canceled or is a bit problematic. Yeah, but we can get oh, into is. that. We can get into that uh, <laughs> in, in, in its own in its own way in a minute. So all the problems with the gender reveal party itself exist here, right? We're going to put that to the side. The other major problem is that there are drought conditions in much of the Western United States and specifically in parts of California where there are already massive wildfires burning right now at the time when this gender reveal party was occurring, um, deciding to use a pyrotechnic device of any kind is probably a bad idea, but how it was done, where it was done uh, was just, it, it feels like, People were either out of their mind or not thinking at all, whoever did this. It's, it's also illegal. It, yes, very much illegal. Noel, you found a video of this and shared it with us. Could you talk to us about what we're what we're looking at here and how people can also watch this? Yeah, I just happened upon it um, when in Googling another aspect of it that would add at the end. Um, but yeah, it, it's apparently relatively knew that this video came out. I don't know if it's some like cell phone video from one of the people involved, but it looks like a box, but like, you know, one you could probably sit on. Like it's, uh, it's just laying on the ground. Um, and it's in, it's on this, this hill and it's surrounded by super dry, very, very tall grass. And essentially it creates this huge explosion with pieces of debris flying everywhere. And it's this big blue cloud. And I mean, I would say it would envelop the three of us. If we were standing there, it would like be enough material to like fully like think of in a cartoon where you have the dogs and cats fighting and it's a big cloud of dust. And then, you know, people disappear inside of it or, or dogs. And then one jumps out and gets dragged back in like that size. Um, and then it immediately catches the grass on either side of it on fire immediately. And it just, zoosh, just like, you know, you can see it happening. You can see it shooting out in all directions, the fire. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was my first time actually seeing the video of it occurring and it is a massive thing. Um, honestly, when I read smoke, smoke generating, device or whatever i thought it was going to be a tiny little smoke bomb you know like they used maybe you played with as a kid i i used to use those yeah yeah, yeah. um but no it is not that it is a it's a bomb it uses tannerite it it Uh, looks like the kind of thing that maybe someone involved was involved in theater or uh movie production or something it looks like that grade of uh incendiary device that's exactly what I was thinking, too, especially when we consider how many people are probably left with equipment. And although it's weird to say it, in this situation, expertise and access uh, in the in the wake of the enormous, uh, enormous closure of the entertainment industry in California. Uh, this this fire, by the way, as of yesterday is only 7% contained. Uh, and and I believe that they found a suspect, a, a family. I, I believe that they have uh, not, to my knowledge, specifically publicly identified the family, but the authorities have found and contacted them. They were still on the scene when the firefighters arrived. If I were, were that group of people, I would probably also not want my name in public, especially in my local area. Oh, for sure. Um, and again, it was a massive mistake. I do not think, this is me just speaking, I do not think that was done on purpose. I don't think they understood what was about to happen when they began, when they set down 
that set of uh, things that occurred. I, um, I, I would just say this, like you said, Ben, it's 7% contained as of yesterday. The, you know, and this is one of numerous fires, the Creek fire, which is burning also right, right now on both sides of the San Joaquin river. Um, it's been going since, uh, the Friday last, uh, since last Friday and getting, I'm getting a lot of this from the Sacramento Bee and the Fresno Bee, by the way, those are two, uh, local papers there. Um, as of Sunday, the fire had consumed 73,000 acres and is at 0% containment. And they're saying that the fire suppression costs were in the millions of dollars at this point. So the idea of uh, these these people being financially on the hook for this could be life-changing in, in, in the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. I, I would also add that California overall is having a tremendous issue with resources for firefighting and fire suppression, such that there is one group called uh, Van from Japan that has started uh, attempting to sell small Japanese firefighting vehicles. More and more people in the area, uh, in California in general, have been investing in their own private firefighting equipment, which I I think underlines both the gravity of the situation and uh, and lets us know that people are considering this to be the new normal going forward. only you can stop forest fires, the old Smokey the Bear tagline, appears to unfortunately be increasingly literal for some people who simply can't get firefighter support in in time to save their their you know their buildings, their families and themselves. Yeah, it's it's a it's a devastating thing. You can go online right now if you don't live in California or not being affected by this in any way. And you can see the harrowing stuff that a lot of the the firefighters, both professional and amateur are going through to try and save, like you said, Ben their themselves in their, their structures. Um, it, It is really, really tough. This is a stat from San Francisco gate up until this point, the most destructive wildfire season ever recorded in California was just two years ago. In 2018, when 1.89 million acres burned. Think about how much land that is. Almost 2 million acres. Well, guess what? Uh, With 25 major fires already in 2020, and a lot of that had to do with electrical storms and just small things like this that we're discussing today occurring, um, 2.3 million acres have already burned in 2020. So that's insane. Last year, you remember hearing about wildfires in California last oh, year? There, of course. Yeah. There were a bunch last year too. Only 118,000 acres burned last year in totality. Well, and it's 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 bonkers too because California is so huge that these numbers, they're staggering. But I also like of all the people that we work with out in Los Angeles and of all the friends that we all have out in California, uh, I don't know anybody personally that's actually been directly affected by these other than the air quality, which is apparently just horrible right now. It's, it's, it's brown. And I, I was out there once. I think we, we all were once during some of these wildfires last year. And, and the air quality is noticeable. Uh, 
um, no matter where you are. Uh, you just smell smoke everywhere you go. Um, and now it's apparently worse than ever. So uh, really, and any listeners out there, um, if you're having to leave your homes or if things are scary, um, we're, we're thinking about you. And um, this it's no joke. Don't do stupid like this. I would like to additionally point out for frame of reference here, uh, Matt, you said 1.89 million acres, square acres. That's that's around the size of the country of Luxembourg. Just Jeez. slightly slightly smaller than an entire European country burning to the ground. And wow. to be very clear, we are not saying that having a gender reveal party makes you a bad person. I think what we're saying, though, is that maybe a cake will be fine. Maybe maybe just slice a cake open uh, and, and think about the, the fact that your child will not be haunted by this story, uh, one like it. And, and just to wrap it up on an ever so slightly comical note, uh, the woman credited with inventing the uh, gender reveal party, a, a fashion lifestyle blogger from San Bernardino County herself named Jenna uh, Carvinitis, um, has spoken out after being dispossessed of her house as well, or at the very least having to evacuate, saying, stop having these stupid parties for the love of God. Stop burning things down to tell everyone about your kid's penis. No one cares about you. <laughs> so. Jeez. Jeez. What I'd like to do here is take us in a uh, slightly darker direction as well for our next for our next piece because people die in forest fires. And if you are a fan of Carl Sandburg, uh, you will likely remember his poem about grass and the uh, fundamentally ephemeral nature of human beings. Our next story contains a, a strange way to tell the unwritten history of human beings in the natural world, even decades or centuries past the time those human beings walked the earth. And the answer is not exactly what you might think. What are we talking about? We'll tell you after a word from this sponsor. I'm going to go catch up on my Carl Sandburg. I'll, I'll be right back, guys. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? 
Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. To tell today's story in headline form, it's probably best to say this. If you are looking for a decaying corpse in the woods, in the wilderness, for one reason or another, foliage may help you. Trees and other types of plants may grow differently around dead bodies. This is one of those research questions that just gives you more questions about the scientists involved, right? Like, how many mm -hmm. ideas did they kick around? And one person, you know, they said, oh, we need some grant money. And then there was silence in the room, right? This various pitches fell flat. And then someone said, you know what I've been wondering about for a while? You know how like you're in the woods and you look for a dead body and like uh, the grave's not fresh. And, and you're like, well, how can I tell? <laughs> there, is now, there is now apparently an answer. To tell the story in non-headline format, we go to something very interesting, a place that I have personally always wanted to visit just the next state over from where we record this show in Tennessee. The University of Tennessee has, since 1980, so about 40 years now, uh, run a body farm. You've probably, we've probably all heard of this in some form or another, but they have a forensic anthropology center, and they study the decomposition of human bodies in various different ways. Lots of questions there, right? First off, where do the bodies come from? They're donated officially, and they're donated, uh, I think, with a little bit more credibility uh, than the, the cadavers that are part of the controversial bodies exhibits in museums throughout the U.S. Uh, we know that these, these were meant to be donated to science, 
And one of the groups working at the University of Tennessee said, well, we're looking at what happens to bodies, you know, after various um, after various types of death, right? Uh, violent, nonviolent, uh, you know, and uh, drowning and so on. But what what happens to the the soil around them? And they thought of something that calls to mind the image of a whale carcass sinking to the ocean floor. When this happens, it is a tremendous boon to the seafloor ecology, right? There, there are creatures that live and die based on uh, the passing of a whale and, and other, you know, large marine mammals. Of course, this group in Tennessee, they said, well, even though we know this is a human being, every life is tragic when it's lost. This is, nutritionally speaking, a gigantic boom to all the wildlife or foliage around. And this made me think, like, did you guys ever, uh, when you're young and, like, walking through cemeteries, did you ever notice how the grass grows differently on over some graves? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah, well, it's, like, a little bit denser, right? It's weird. I think we all make our own terrible inner beliefs when we're children, only to later find out they're fanciful. But when I was a kid, I thought that, when I saw a grave that had a lot of a lot of stuff growing, a rich foliage, I I assumed that meant the person who was buried there was a good person. And if I saw a grave that <laughs> that had a, like a bad yard for the right. cemetery, I assumed they were a horrible person. And, soil is sour, right? Yeah, pet cemetery style. And uh, I was wrong. There are reasons for, I want to clear that up. I was very wrong. And I apologize to all the people who passed that I had unfairly thought of as supervillains. But but there may be a little bit of science to this, morality aside, on multiple levels. This blast of nutrients could change the color and what's called the reflectance of tree leaves. So it's possible then that law enforcement authorities or just people looking for bodies, could use a drone to scan a forest and then find dead bodies based off that. This, this sounds weird. You can read the full article in a journal called Trends in Plant Science, but Wired.com has a really good write-up of where we are now with it. And it introduced some pretty crazy stuff. I'd never heard this phrase before. I propose this be our word of the day. Necrobiome. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think I see what, what you're putting down, Ben, or where you're heading with this. Well, yeah, it's all, all the stuff that already lives inside of us that eats its way out, and then all the things outside of us that eat their way in. Yeah, mm. because we have to remember, if you, if you put aside the concept of consciousness and you look at the body itself, uh, we talked about this years ago, the number of bacterial cells in your body outnumber the cells that you would consider you. Now, granted, the cells that you consider you are much larger, right? But still, we're much less like a single individual and much more like a very, very, very crowded apartment building or uh, a walled city, a nation state, a universe to ourselves. And that universe does not stop when the brain function stops. Like you said, Matt, the stuff living inside you, the immune system is no longer 
I guess, oppressing it from its viewpoint. So it migrates out. And the stuff living outside of you no longer has the bouncers at the gate, right? Yeah. And so it comes inside. Right now, your body, like, especially in this part, in that little center area, especially there, there's around 9.5 to 10 million micro, like, bacterial creatures and other microbes that are just crawling around inside and out right now. Can you feel it? Why are you doing this to me, man? Or is it, or is it just you? Or is it, are they just you to Ben's point? I don't know, man, but that's us. That's us. (laughs) And then, and this is, there's an old brain stuff video. This reminds me of, if you're watching this on YouTube, go visit this one. It's, it's about the science of farts. And it, yeah. it waxes philosophical at the end because the true story, the conspiracy about farts is that you're not the one actually farting. Your body is just sort of expelling gas produced by that gut flora that lives inside of you. And so if you, like the vast majority of humanity, fart an average of 17 to 23 times a day, <laughs> you need to realize it's not actually you doing that. And that leads us to the bigger question. Yes. What are we farting inside of? You know what I mean? Like if, if Is this like a matrix type question? Is this like a simulation? Like, oh, it's like a supersymmetry question. Yeah, kind of matrix because uh, we we know that we know that we are an aggregation, right? Of yeah. things, yeah. of experiences, of elements, particles, and quarks and so on. Uh, but we don't often think about what we are uh aggregated inside of what what are we the bacteria of and how does our environment change our larger environment, the inner outer weather? I got to stop this poetry kick, but this is fascinating and it sounds morbid, but I think it's really important because years ago, uh, entire civilizations and cities were being rediscovered by a technology called LIDAR, which is able to, from, from elevation, observe minute things that are invisible to the human eye that let us find huge missing chunks of the past. And so now we have to naturally ask ourselves, are are we reaching a future where we can compound this ability, where we can expand it such that, like, I am never going to be able to look at a, a large shot of a forest with an anomalous patch of color and not suspect it might be a mass grave, even though I know it's yeah. probably because they're just different trees, right? Yeah, dude. I, I was reading a little more about this, Ben, from that Wired article you were talking about. And correct me if I'm wrong with this, phenylalanine is an amino acid that they believe, the, the people studying this out there in Tennessee at the body farm, they believe something like that that exists in the human body when it's when it's released essentially by the dead body is that one of the things, one of the uh, components that actually causes that higher fluorescence level within, you know, the greenery, which is such a fascinating concept that, that you were saying, Ben, like getting a drone or something that can detect that fluorescence, like rolling around. I'm just imagining I'm imagining that being a very common thing because if you if you could truly unlock this with these studies at the body farm to where you could find a dead body anywhere that's been buried basically um 
we will just have roaming drones that are like the body detection part of your local police department. Oh, that's what they're officially called, right? And who knows? Mm. There, there's the other part too we should emphasize. I'm glad you brought this up. Just so you don't think we ruined all wide shots of forests and nature and so on, this fluorescence that you're describing, Matt, it is invisible to the human eye. If you yes. want, unless you have some enhancements and you get all like shadow run cyberpunk with it, you're <laughs> not going to be able to notice this stuff. So um, that may be really positive for some people and it may be really negative for others because that means you won't know. Well, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's, it's also negative because th this same technology that we're describing here is used to detect cannabis plants and other uh, black market plants that exist because the fluorescence levels are slightly different in those plants as compared to the rest of uh, a lot of the greenery that would be around them. Mm -hmm. So it just means that the human body detectors are going to be born from the weed, the uh, the rogue weed detectors. And they're going to be dual-use technology, which has historically made complications uh, whenever it exists, right? Uh, nuclear, uh, nuclear tech is probably the best example of that, but now... Uh, these sorts of drones and this sort of science may be another example very soon. Current research is centering on how to differentiate the body of one living thing from a human being. And it goes into some really, like if you're a fan of the Crypt Keeper, uh, Tales from the Crypt kind of stuff, it goes into some science that is perfect for you and the crowd. Uh, and that, again, I think on the whole, this is, this is a good thing, but it runs the risk of being a dangerous thing because if drones can fly anywhere and the PR reason they're doing so is to help recover the body of a loved one, then that becomes very hard to fight back, even if they're being disingenuous. That's a good point. I'm just imagining all those folks in Tennessee looking at various dead mammals and then looking at the spectrogram and <laughs> right. studying it for a long time. We have to run it through the spectrogram, hope it doesn't get thrown in a bag in a parking lot in in California and then set on fire and set on fire is how we would bring that future situation back around and launched out of a cannon. I'm just going to add that in just for, for fun. Um, oh, I, I was thinking more of just and then it farted a bunch. There you go. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> cannons, uh, the, the new kind of fart. What uh, was it you said, Ben? That definitely should be on a T-shirt. What are we farting inside of? Is that, yes. the, is that the right expression? It's true. I love that. I'm going to pose that question in my next uh, philosophy book group. <laughs> <laughs> you know, please, no, tell me the tell me the results. We're vast. We contain multitudes, and uh, most and of I'm those multitudes are farting. And I'm yeah. definitely in a philosophy book club. Don't. You dare question that assertion on my part. Um, there, there, wow. there somewhere is a species of giant extraterrestrials. And what they do, they've got this special drone that flies around and checks planets and stars for the methane and other gas releases mm -hmm. from planets and atmospheres to check whether or not there are viable microorganisms on there that you go. thing. Right. And sentient <laughs> organisms. And they're not looking for us. We're the vehicles. Yeah. The, the mm -hmm. things they they're respect for, live in. Yeah. All that stuff inside. 
Just the Guts, coming 2021 from your pals, uh, Matt Knoll and Ben, and of course, codename Doc Holiday. So stay tuned in a theater or a Zoom call <laughs> near you. We've got to write the script. Uh, so that means, I think, that we should call it a day. We've got to get to our writer's room. This has been an episode of Strange News. The conversation, as we established, does not end when the podcast ends. We want to hear from you. Hopefully, uh, we've we've made it kind of easy to find us. That's true. I would say so. I think we've checked all the boxes. We've got all of the available communication methods uh, available to you. Um, if you want, you can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, um, all of that stuff. Facebook, we're Conspiracy Stuff. I think we're Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram. Um, you can also join our Facebook group. Here's where it gets crazy. Where it gets crazy. That's the place where that happens on the regular. If you don't care for the uh, the social meds, if that's not your cup of tea or your um, I, I, your can't canteen of communication, God, we got there. Then you can also call us on the phone. We've come up in the world. We have a phone number. Yes, it is one eight three three S T D W Y T K. Leave a message. We'll, we'll listen to it. You might get on one of the listener mail episodes. Either way, we're going to hear it. We're excited to hear from you. Anything you want to say, please feel free. Send it our way. And if you don't want to do any of that stuff, or if you're kind of a little more old school and you don't want to, you don't go out for the social media or any of that stuff, or maybe you, you don't like handling telephones, you can reach us the old-fashioned way with a good old email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. 
Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.